Well, praise the Lord. He's uh, always has something. He always wants to teach us more. Um, when we stop learning, we stop growing. We stop growing, we stop probably going, <laughs> um, doing. Um, if you were to be, if you were asked the question, what's your most precious commodity, so to speak? I wonder if someone would say time. Having time to do what you really have a passion for. <laughs> Just think about that for a moment. If you had all the time, and some of you may be, I already got too much time. <laughs> you know, there's seasons in life. Hey, you remember when your kids were little? You, you look back, you wonder how you did it all, right? You remember when you had the cows, Calvin, and all the hay fields and all the stuff? You wonder how you did it all? Somehow we have this, um, we've heard this saying, if I only had time. And rightly so, when we have jobs and we have responsibilities and we have homes and we have family members, wherever you're at in your season of life, God's given us all the same amount of time in the same day. And so what we need is the wisdom of God to balance, to prioritize, to put how, is, how am I supposed to spend my time? Because it's really when you boil it all down, it's, we only have so much time to do something. And it will take time. And sometimes the in order to do a quality job, it will take more time. And it will be more efficient. So God is never seemingly in a hurry, although he can move fast. And he can make things happen in a moment. But this whole idea of time has been what I've been thinking. Time, time. What is, what is it about time? And this is, I think all of you, I hear this often, the older you get, the faster time seems to go. What is that all about? Are you think? Are you? Are you with me? <laughs> yeah. What is that all about? Are we? Are we busier, or are we just? Oh, sleeping more. Okay. And maybe that's necessary. See, one of the things that's hard for an old Norwegian, I'm thinking of myself, growing up with the work ethic of you should never be sitting very long. How many grew up that way? How many grew up? That? Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of in you where you feel guilty if you sit down too long. Now nah, you're laughing, Elaine, I'm, uh, my mother-in-law. It's something about it. 
Well, we heard the saying, idle hands is a devil's workshop. But let me say, be at rest. Take your rest. We, we are the only people that can say, I need rest. There will always be another problem. There will always be another challenge. And I'm thinking about people that have got people jobs. And obviously, every job involves some person, some peoples, right? So sometimes our stress level, our stress, and I took this class, a stress class in college, because I had to have some kind of an elective, and I just, I just looked up, yeah, the stress, stress class, that sounds pretty good. So I went to stress class, and added to my stress. But it, uh, and, you know, what they'd helped you do there, what they actually helped you, they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't going to tell you you, weren't not, you were not going to have stress. There's a, his, he couldn't need to manage your stress. So what they did is they, you, you listed your stress factors. How many do that? Do you, do you, how many list people? List people do we, you, you are like to organize. You make a list. Yeah. It helps people kind of focus. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the text here a bit, but I think about Jesus, who we really only know mostly about his ministry life, the last three and a half years of his life, and how he made time and did so much in such a short period of time how did he do that and so what's our challenge in ephesians chapter 5 we have a couple verses that really i'm just kind of jumping in on but obviously paul wrote the letter to ephesus encouraging the church and giving them uh, letting them know that he was praying for them letting him know that there was there was, a, there was a God that was for them, that they have been redeemed. In the fifth chapter, he describes how that we are, in verse 10, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. How many like to please people? How's that working for you? How many like to pe- think that you, you can make people happy? Oh, go ahead. And maybe that's that's a good thing. But what happens when you can't make anybody happy? Well, I'm talking about there are days when just nothing seems to work out. Everybody's worked up, right? You ever had those days? Moments. Hopefully they're moments. And hopefully you work through them. <laughs> But sometimes they go on and on. But those kinds of things drag you down. So, I'm learning it's not always about what I'm doing. It's why I'm doing it. I'm learning about the attitude of doing it while I'm doing it. 
What is my ambition? What should be my focus? So we read in Scripture, Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, when you're raking the leaves, whether you're taking out the garbage, when you're washing the mundane things of life, how can we have an attitude of, whatever I do, I do as unto the Lord? Because God is with us just as much in those places. He's just as much as who he is there in the mundane things of life. He cares just as, just as much for you, cares about what you're going through, concerned about what you're concerned about versus going across seas to the mission fields. This makes sense. God is with you always. And if I'm going to please him, what will please the Lord is my attitude to whatever I do. I'm twerking toward Jesus. I do it as unto the Lord. That should be our cause. That should be something we strive for. That should be something that, that <clears throat> energizes us. By the way, you know how to discover your gifts? What energizes you? What gives you enjoyment, satisfaction, a sense of accomplishing something? It's your gifts. When you operate your gifts, when you love what you're doing, someone said you'll never work again. That's, a, that's an awesome thought. But how many people never really get to do what they really want to do? Why? But hopefully, we are driving, we're working toward it. We're working towards really doing something God has called us to do. Not that he doesn't care, he's with you now. And a lot of times we have to be faithful in the mundane things to be found faithful in the bigger things that God has called us. God trusts you. He gives to you uh, his word, his presence. He gives to you the abilities. And so we read down this chapter, and we, we begin to think of uh, and what, what, was he, what is he getting at. He's talking about the fruits of goodness in verse 9. He's talking about how we were formerly in darkness in verse 8. In other words, God has saved us out of something that we were on a road to destruction. We were on a road that was not going to take us to heaven, that we were on a road essentially that was going to destroy ourselves. And he says, he quotes in verse 14 from the words of Isaiah, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He's taking from the from the book of Isaiah and quoting it in Ephesians. Then he says these words, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If that verse isn't for us today, I 
I can't imagine that verse is for us, you and I, whatever's going on in our world, whatever we're facing, we're facing culture shifts, culture things, values, foundational truths that have been shifted. We need to have the understanding what the will of the Lord is. We need to have his take. We need to have his uh, wisdom when it comes to understanding how do we do our best while we're here. We only get one shot at this to go through this life. Amen. Oh, someone said at this, oh, this soon this life will be past. Right? Only what's done for Christ will last. And I believe that includes all our attitude when it comes to doing our even our mundane things in the household. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I had time for, I wish I had time to do that. Right? You've said it. Well, what's stopping you? Maybe it's a season in your life. Maybe you're looking, how many are looking forward to having more time? No one. One more, two. How many feel you have, a lot, you have more time than you, than you used to have? You have more time? Yeah. Time doesn't stop. You can't stop time. You can't go back and undo, and maybe you wish you could, right? You can't take, a ba take back a word, good or bad, once it's spoken. I want us to think, I want us to think, how can I be wise in the use of my time? What is it that God really expects of me? I know we, I think everyone here agrees with it. You need to work hard. I'm a firm believer in Bible teaches work hard. But the little word called balance Have you heard it? Have you heard it anywhere? Balance. You remember when you were a small child and you had time to play? Come on. Think about it. My brother and I, my sister, Linda. Remember when we dug the hole? Lenny and I dug a hole in the garden. I've told this story before. Well, by we were just little guys, so what I thought was really deep was probably only about four feet deep. And we created this cave. We had time. We were kids. We could make up stuff. And we dug holes in pockets to put a candle in there. We were trying to live like cavemen, right? Then Lenny gets the idea, let's dig a tunnel here and go underneath. Eh, that wasn't a bright idea. <laughs> what could have happened almost put panic. He went through that hole, Lenny. He said, you go first. No, you go first. And he got 
down in there, and I could tell he was getting a little stuck. And he came out of there, not going to do that again. And so we dug a channel and put boards over it. God gave us the wisdom. You remember when you had time? Maybe get on your bicycle, dab your fishing pole, whatever you did. Maybe it was to ride that horse. Whatever you did to get away. Maybe it was to go see a buddy or person, a friend. Maybe it was just to go visit somebody. You see, when we get to the end of this life, I don't want to have to think about what I wished I would have done more of. So how do we sort out what's really important to you? I'll guarantee it's the family. God first. And your family. That's the way it ought to be. God first and more the most important, precious thing to you is having time with your family. Knowing that your family are okay. Caring for your family. Living life with your family. And then that flows into the church family. Well, oftentimes, families don't have a good start. And they need encouragement. They need people that will come alongside them, especially those who know God and can lead by example. And so whatever we're doing in this life, it will always take time. Time is such, I call it a commodity. I call it, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a gift we get to. We get to have children. We get to walk together. We get to work towards something to achieve or build something, to improve something, to plant something. Have you ever planted a tree, anyone here? I know, Horton. You planted a tree, and it's, it's Joe's place now. How big is that thing? Taking over. Horton <laughs> planted it. Something that will grow. Listen. When you take the time to notice a young person, Speak a word of encouragement. You're planting seeds that will bring nourishment, that will encourage and build them up. Now I'm, conf I, I'm kind of starting to get a little bit to drift what this passage, he gets on to the next verse. Right after he says, don't, don't be foolish, making the most of your time, he's talking about don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord. And the next verse is, don't get drunk with wine.
Obviously, they were having a problem. They need encouragement. What he says to this, and we would ask why. He says, this is dissipation. When we're drunk, we can't function. We're not normal in our thinking. Now, I don't think I have ever been drunk. No, I have never been drunk. And I'm not saying I'm boasting. I just was raised, you don't drink. And I believe that. That's a value to me. It's okay. The scriptures confirms it, that there's a better way to live. And he says, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, there's something better than being drunk. Isn't it interesting that in the book of Acts, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, isn't it interesting they were accused of being drunk? Why? They got happy. They got hilarious. They laughed. They were experiencing a joy unspeakable. And as they were speaking in other languages as a gift of the Holy Spirit was being poured out upon them, that the others were observing, and they were drunk. They didn't understand. Isn't it just like the enemy to try to take something and counterfeit what God wants for us? Satan always has some kind of a cheap fix, only to bring destruction. The Spirit of God. Listen, look, look, look at the next verse. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord. One of the ways you can actually make most of your time is to be a person of praise. It's quick to bring praise. Have you ever uh, just kind of been by yourself and all of a sudden a song came to you and you started humming it or you started singing it? <laughs> Come on. That's a good thing. You know what that is? That's what the scripture talks about. You speak uh, singing, making melody within your heart. When you make melody, you're, you're, you're keeping your focus, your attention on the Lord. You can do a mundane job. A lot of times, I mean, I've been mowing the grass or doing something that's just repetitious. I'll be having a high old time just praising the Lord. Make the most of your time. Oh, that trip to work, right? You know, it's all about time. How am I going to use that time? Maybe just to be quiet, to think. But sometimes I need to pray. Sometimes I need to talk to God, listen to God. It's all about time. Time. You and I have to make time for what's important. That's basically. No one else is going to figure out. Well, they will. If you don't start to set, and I'm speaking, I need to have margins. This word margin thing came up with my wife and I lately in our home, but uh, margins. Not margin, the butter, but margin, right? You guys are thinking about, weren't you? 
margins. What did Jesus do from time to time? He slipped away from the crowd. Often, it says, just to get along. You know, if you're into people work, you love people, <laughs> right? If you're a people person, you're energized by it, but some people can de-energize you. No one here. But listen, you have to, in order to be your best, you need your rest. You need time to receive. You need time to think through. In order to make your best decision, give it time. Does that make sense? If you're not feeling peace about something, you're trying to make a decision, probably need to wait on it, right? So the time, time is on our side, yet at the same time, we know what time is ticking and running out. So for the mission of the church, we think, how can we reach all these people? And we think, oh my goodness, we've got to set out. When, when Moses was called to ministry, God worked with him for a long period of time. in the wilderness and prepared him. I believe that the days for the church, I believe that God is preparing the younger generation to reach their generation. We saw a lot of young ministers at District Council. I was encouraged. And see, the next several years, uh, Older ministers are going to retire, and we're going to need a host of younger ministers to step in place. And so thank God, God is raising up. We heard it this week, 33 new missionaries coming out of Minnesota, already ready, getting ready for the mission field. That's huge. God is doing something. There is this sense of urgency. We heard a message this week on rescue from our district superintendent. Excellent job of the urgency and how we are to reach out and send help to rescue. People are in need all over. Oh, that we might take some time to believe that these are the days God has placed you and I, and I think about the, the scripture that speaks toward such a time as this. At such a time as this. That God has you, he, he has you right where you are. He has already orchestrated all the, the things that need to be in place all we have to do is believe God that he is not through with us until he calls us home. One pastor friend says it this way. It's not over till the fat angel sings. <laughs> ah, right? This, is, this pastor lives, he lives, he's himself. This pastor I'm referring to, he rides a Harley in his church. 
he has drag strips literally in his parking lot. I think he's from Forest Lake. Now, some of you might know him, but he's the guy just walks with God and touches people. Plans on expectation. Believes God. And they show up. Things happen. God is for the church. God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why? We have the greatest message through Jesus Christ. Paul said, I preach Christ and am crucified. There's no other foundation. There's no other person we can build upon. The time is now, and now it's always been, but it seems like God in the last days will, he said, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So can we expect that God is going to multiply the ministries? Should we not expect to be praying that laborers all across our world are going, evangelists, missionaries, pastors, new churches are going to be planted? Can we not expect, should we not expect? Yes, we should. Because God is seeing the time, and he knows all the time. He knows all about it. He is a God that is no beginning, no end, but he knows he has his 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 eternity and view and he knows everyone and he's not willing that any should perish and so what will help us is that we'll keep our focus upon him that no matter what we do no matter what we're facing we would make the most of every opportunity how can we do that being led by the spirit of god Pray that God will fill you with wisdom. You know that you can ask, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. James 1 says, if any man lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives it to you liberally, and not to doubt it. Just ask God. Wisdom is, someone said it this way, is seeing things from God's perspective. Wisdom is having the knowledge of what to do. Or not do. Wisdom is the beginning. Actually, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. This whole thing about speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spirits, that is a picture. I believe that's a picture of the church comes together in fellowship and that we're to encourage each other. Let the body speak. Let us speak and encourage. Let us build up one another in the faith. Let us speak truth. Let us speak that, you know, we see things in each other. We see potential, and they can go forward. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord. Always giving thanks. How often do I give thanks? How often am I thankful? Or am I like the guys who were healed and from bodies were blinded? Only one went back and said, thank you, Jesus. Give thanks. Give thanks. We are blessed. We are blessed to have a mind. You're blessed you can do what you're still doing. Amen? I have a brother that helped me in the woods this winter off time to time. He'd come out and I'm just glad I can still do this. Yeah. That's a good attitude. It just feels good to be out there. 
we all want to be the players. We want to be able to keep going. And some of us sometimes I think we, maybe we can't do it as fast as we used to. Maybe we can't do it at all like we used to. It's a tough time to be in. But at the same time, God is not through with us as long as he gives us a mind and a breath. You're an encouragement because you're sticking with it. You're not giving up. Your time. Let me see this in conclusion. You will be multiplied. Listen, when you take time with the Lord, time with the Lord is never wasted. What does that look like? Reading the Bible throughout. Maybe you have a pattern. Maybe you have a something of a devotional book that helps you guide. For me, I just start from the beginning and read. Just read. You know, mark it. Keep reading. And a lot of times what I'll do is, if I'm in the Old Testament, it takes a while to get through there, I'll flip to the new and read a short book. I'll grab something out of the Psalms. Or I'll grab a proverb chapter. It just helps. Keep the word. Keep in motion. Keep moving. That's another thing. As we get, you've heard this, you got to keep moving, right? If you sit too long, you get what? Stiff and stiffer and stiffer. So keep moving. Let the Spirit of the Lord energize you. You see, I really feel in our heart that God would say to us, this is the moment for you and I. You, can, you can't go back. You can only go forward. That Learn to live in the present. Learn to live in now, today. My problems, I get overwhelmed. All this stuff, I got to do all this stuff. This stuff is coming. Yeah, I got to prepare. But you know what? What's really most important? What was the one thing? Remember? Mary chose the good part. Mary and Martha. Now, I'm not saying we need workers. Don't run off on me. Workers, we need you. Mary, at the time Jesus was in the house, saw that was most important. And both women have their, their, their needed, right? But Mary chose. Listen. The Lord wants us to have time with us. He wants us to see, sit with him. And then your day will go better. I believe that. Then your day will be more fruitful. Hard to believe you can get more done doing less sometimes. Does that make sense? Get more done by doing less. Because you work smarter. You work more efficiently. Your mind is in a better place. Sometimes we can get to a place where we're just like a little, like a little hamster running in a cage. As long as we keep moving, we think we're doing good. Well, let's think about it. What does please the Lord the most? We'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. This is a moment right now. This is a moment that we've heard from your word. We we realize that time. It's all about our time. Help us to live with wisdom and realize 
that we don't get to go back and do it again. Or we get maybe to do a try again, but we can only go forward. We can't go backwards. Well, so Lord, I pray that as we're facing challenges today, we're facing uh, things, issues, concerns. And Lord, sometimes we feel we don't have what it takes. I pray that you will just sweep in, that you will pick us up, grant us strength, and let us be like the people of old who when they stepped out and believed God in the faith chapter of Hebrews, by faith they went out. They, by faith they built the ark. By faith they went forward to a place not knowing where they were going. By faith they believed God would help them when they got there and show them the next step. And so, Lord, bless your people. Fill them with hope today. Fill them with a new ambition to even realize that the time they have today is a blessing unto them in Jesus' name. So I'm going to change the song. Is that okay? Uh, it's a simple hymn, Come Thou Found, page three. It's real easy to find, one, two, three. So you can stand and change your position. Just really is a hymn that it, it, when you think about some of the the wording. Some of us get confused. What in the world is here I raise my Ebenezer? What is that all about? It has nothing to do with Scrooge. <laughs> it actually has to do with an Old Testament battle and where they stationed a rock and represented victory. Here I raise my Ebenezer. That was a that was the name of the place in a battle in an Old Testament. So they recognized that their help came from the Lord. And then we get down to the middle of the song, prone to wander. Ah, that just gets me. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Sometimes we just feel like, oh, I just, you know, don't want to have the responsibility. <laughs> 